Hello and welcome to Nourish Your Biblical Roots Special Edition. I'm Bishop Paul Lanier, Chairman of the Board of Directors for the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, and I'll be your host today. We're broadcasting live from NRB, the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. During our time here, we'll be talking with special guests on a variety of topics, especially those that relate to Israel and Jewish-Christian relations and the workings of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. I can't tell you how excited I am today. Our guest has traveled to NRB all the way from Israel. Rabbi Tuli Weiss is the founder of Israel 365, and I've already told him, in our bedroom, I looked at my wife a moment ago, in our bedroom, I've got a copy of the Bible, 365, Israel 365 Bible. It is extraordinary, so I interrupted myself. And the three, which is a great organization dedicated to educating evangelical Christians about the biblical significance of Israel. His popular websites and emails and newsletters and social media platforms and columns reach hundreds of thousands of readers every day. Rabbi, thank you so much for making the time. It's such a joy to have you with us today. It's great to be here with you. Bishop, and thank you for having me. You are an Orthodox Jew, so tell me, how did an Orthodox Jewish rabbi show up at NRB today? <laughs> well, I'll be honest. Uh, last year I came with uh, one of my colleagues from Israel 365, and it was just the two of us, and we felt something very special in the air at NRB. So many influential Christians who love Israel and yes, the sir. Jewish people, but there were hardly any Jews from Israel here. Mm. They were talking a lot about Israel, but there were yeah. a lot. And so we came back this year and we said, what can we do to make NRB the place for Jews and Christians okay. to form authentic relationships? We brought a delegation of over 20 from Israel. Wow. So it was a tenfold increase, tenfold increase, for, and um, a real miracle and a real testament to how the NRB is really the central mm. location for Christians who love Jews, and uh, it's an honor to be here. Tell me about your background, if you will. What inspired you to educate Christians, and Lord knows we need it, to educate Christians about Israel? And what was the genesis of that? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I guess it's not so, such a common path. However, it's, there was a bridge builder before me. And I would not be doing what I'm doing for sure not without Rabbi Achiel Eckstein of Blessed Memory, who for me was a, a personal role model, a professional role model, and was always so kind to me. Um, he really paved the way for rabbis to courageously reach out beyond the comfortable confines of our Jewish community and, and say this is important and we're living in a unique time. Um, and he recognized that. And it's not something that many Jews have experience with. I, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, 
and I didn't know too many Christians. I really didn't. And most Jews don't grow up and have a relationship with Christians. We've kind of put these walls around ourselves yes. in our yes. community. Yes. And uh, only when I was already an adult, when I was already a rabbi, did I recognize how many Christians supported Israel unconditionally. They loved Israel without strings attached. And there was hardly anyone doing this kind of outreach. And I realized it was really important. And I reached out to Rabbi Eckstein. Wow. And he was very, very encouraging to me. Our families go, go back, actually. My grandfather and Rabbi Yechiel's father, Rabbi Eckstein Sr., were colleagues. They were both community wow. rabbis. And Rabbi Eckstein Sr. was a rabbi in, in Canada. Mm -hmm. My grandfather was a rabbi in Columbus, oh. and they knew each other, and they both went to Yeshiva University together. And the, the family connections go back, um, Yechiel's, many of his siblings, and my, my parents and my in-laws are friends with each other, oh. my own wife and his nieces and nephews are friends, and so oh. talking about three generations, four generations of, of friendship between our two families. Wow. And uh, I always credit him with being my inspiration. And in fact, my first job when I moved to Israel, so I didn't really know what I wanted to do. What I, I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't know what I was going to do. <laughs> I knew that I wanted to connect with Christians and I wanted to teach Christians about Israel. Mm. I thought this is so important mm. for the strength of Israel and the Jewish people. I didn't realize how important it was, but I knew that this is what I wanted to do. And my first call when I landed in Israel was to Rabbi Eckstein. Wow. He was so gracious. He said, come right in. And I went to their office. And, you know, I remember seeing that he had um, a coat hanger. And on his coat, it was Israel. You didn't get a coat hanger in Israel. <laughs> but he had a prayer shawl. He had a talit uh, hanging up on his coat hanger in his office. That was his cape. Uh, he was a superhero, and that was his cape. And, and he said, you know, how can I help you? Wow. And I said, well, that, first of all, thank you. And uh, I said, I don't know. But, you know, he then said, why don't you, you know, write for us? I started writing for the fellowship, hmm. these devotionals. And they taught me everything I know. <laughs> how a, a Jewish rabbi should talk to Christians. Because rabbis and many Jews are triggered by Christians. Mm. They're afraid of Christians. Mm. All of the history, all of the persecution. And so we don't, we don't know how to talk to Christians. Let me ask you, back you know, in the 80s when, when Rabbi Eckstein um, founded the fellowship, he, um, it wasn't easy. You know, of course, Christians didn't understand him that many of us Christians had never met a rabbi, uh, not knowingly anyway, and, and uh, it was difficult for him. Uh, he, he, in his own community, he encountered some, some opposition, some challenges, some adversities. What about in your situation? Did you face those, and how pronounced are they now? So that's a great question. Um, I'm, not, I'm not controversial by, by nature. 
um, and I don't, you know, I'm not looking to kind of stir things up. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be provocative here. I just really think that the Jewish people have a historic mission to be mm -hmm. a light unto the nations. Oh, yes. And we have a job to do, and we're not doing it. And uh, so, um, but there are people who find, you know, fault with what we're doing. And uh, even being an NRB, so got some... Mm. Emails. I, I wrote an article in the wow. Jerusalem Post about why I think it's important for Israel to be involved with Christian media, to be changing the narrative. All we do is complain about how the media is so unfair to Israel. Mm -hmm. Well, here we have the largest wow. gathering of Christian communicators. Mm -hmm. Of course, we need to be here. And I got. You know, I wrote an article in the Jerusalem Post about that, and of course, got some responses and some criticism that you know can't trust the Christians. Yeah, and don't sure. you know all the Christians? want to convert us or want to kill us. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that the Jewish people um, are so traumatized sure. by our history. Understandably. But it's changing. Yeah. Yeah. It's changing. And uh, I think more and more Jews in the Orthodox community who are Torah observant, who live their lives according to the Torah, and who recognize that we have a destiny and we have a mission to do, so the Orthodox Jews are the first ones who are starting to build relationships mm. with Christians. And again, you know, Rabbi Axie was definitely the first, mm. but more and more Orthodox Jews. And the group that we brought here, 20, 20. all Orthodox, wow. all Orthodox, wow. yeah. It's not, you know, secular Jews who I love very much, but who, who don't have the same language to talk to Christians because our common language is the Bible, right? We have the Bible in common. And so for Orthodox Jews who every day are faithful to God and are reading the Bible, there's so much in common between Jews and Christians. And it's the more and more of the Torah and faithful Jewish community are starting to realize how important this outreach mm -hmm. and this rela these relationships are. Well, you know, you just you just stepped up and, and said, okay, my people have have some work to do. Let me ask you this. What do you need from me? What do I what am I missing as a Christian? What are what are Christians missing? What do you wish we knew about you, about Israel, that we're not there yet? Well, I don't think there's any um, dogma or any pieces of information that we need to share. Mm -hmm. I think we need to share each other's hearts mm. more. Mm -hmm. I think that we need to be in relationship with each other more. I think more Jews need to invite Christians over for Shabbat dinner. Wow. And more Christians need to be seeking those relationships and invitations. And I know it's not comfortable. I know that it's not something that we're used it's to awkward. doing. It's awkward. It's awkward, but it's it's so it's like you know you were talking about that you most or, or a lot of Jews don't know a lot of Christians. I remember I came down one Sunday night. I turned the television on, and there's Rabbi Eckstein of Blessed Memory, and I'm watching him. And this is my fault, but I didn't. I thought all rabbis looked like the Rebbe, you know, in Brooklyn 770. So I'm looking and I'm thinking, this doesn't look like a rabbi. And so he was teaching me, and, and it's an awkward statement for Christians to make. But I realized, and I told my own congregation, when I watched Rabbi Eckstein that night, he was helping to save my soul in ways I didn't even know needed redemption. And it was introducing me to a whole other side of my faith I didn't, I didn't even know was, was there. Right. And uh, when, when Christians come, 
to Israel, and a lot of us are. What do you, what do you, what what do you want us to see first, or what do you think is most important for us to, to right. see? So a lot of Christians come to Israel and they see the holy sites, but they don't necessarily meet the Jewish people. Mm. And I think that, you know, wow. you don't need to spend any money on buses. <laughs> Just stay and walk around Jerusalem and talk to wow. the Jewish people there. And get to know the shopkeepers yeah. who are trying to Amazing. run their businesses under missile attack. Yes. I mean, who else? Yes. Do you know any shopkeepers in no, America? who have to worry if they're going to be open or wow. closed on the, you know, the busy days of the week, if they're going to wow. be able to put food on their table because they might have to close for the day because there's sirens. And so getting to know Israelis who each one of them is walking with such faith. And stories, and such sto stories. Exactly. And I think And that it doesn't cost anything to just sit at the wall. <laughs> sitting at the wall, talking to the people of Israel, building relationships with each other. And you know, you're, you are the international fellowship of yes. Christians yes. and Jews. And I think the key word there is fellowship. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, it's so amazing to see Yael really filling in mm. for the enormous mm. Jews that her father left her and uh, really taking the organization and of course, Bishop, with your, with your assistance, with your leadership, taking it to all new heights and in a very relevant way. It's, Israel's different than when Rabbi Eckstein started. Yeah. Yeah. Israel is a lot wealthier of a place than when mm -hmm. he started. And, um, and she's shifting the message and doing such important work in Ukraine and rescuing yes. Jews. And, bringing yes. Jews on Aliyah from Ethiopia, oh, unbelievable. Man. She's extraordinary, she's remarkable. Let me ask you, how are we doing? How are you and I and our peoples, our communities, how, what do you think this, the state of Jewish-Christian relations is right now? So, it's a great question. It's a lot better than it's ever been before. First of all, you know, my grand, parents were Holocaust survivors. My grandmother is still alive and she lives in Cleveland and she's a Holocaust survivor. And she asked me where I'm going to be this week and I said at a Christian conference and she still says, well, why in the world would you ever want to do that? You know? And so she, she remembers that, you know, the persecution. Um, and, uh, but I'm telling her that, you know, the, the, the Christians today are not the Christians that you could have ever wow. imagined in your wildest dreams. Wow. We're living in a golden era of Jewish-Christian relationships. And since the time that Christianity started, we have never been in a better time period than we are now. It's unbelievable and it's miraculous. It's one of the untold miracles of Israel. There's so many miracles that are happening every day in Israel that sometimes we forget yes. about the miracles. And this is one of those miracles that no one's even talking about. Yes. That after centuries of opposition, Jews and Christians are now in fellowship together and studying Bible together. Yes. So that's, on the one hand, right, it's never yeah. been better. On yeah. the other hand, I think that the persecution, yes. not only of Jews, mm. but the persecution of Christians is causing all of us to recognize that we have to scale yes. this up yes, sir. big time. Yes, sir. It's not enough 
what we have right now. We can't be complacent with where we're at right now. I know that the fellowship is definitely the most influential and largest humanitarian charity organization that raises hundreds of millions of dollars. But the truth is there's, there's billions of Christians in the world. Yes. And there should be billions of dollars, mm -hmm. billions of mm -hmm. dollars. Not because Israel needs the financial assistance, but Christians need to connect with that's the miracles. It. That's exactly right. That's it right there. It's not so much that that Holocaust survivors are in need and children are, and we, 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 that's obvious. But one of the equal needs is the need to give, not just of those who need to receive something. We need to, to become those persons who give. Let me just take I'm, one more question. I thank you for taking the time. I know your schedule is just crazy here at this arena. But can you just share with us your own Aliyah? Uh, you're from Ohio originally. How, when did you know, when did you say to yourself, to the people around you, this is it, I'm going? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story. So I was uh, in my office in my synagogue. I was the rabbi of my grandfather. I mentioned my grandfather, mm -hmm. Rabbi David Stasky of Blessed Memory. And I became the rabbi of his synagogue uh, after he passed away. I'm in my office and I get a book in the mail from called Standing with Israel, Why Christians Support Israel. And it, it was before Amazon, this is 15 years ago. I didn't order that book. I didn't even know how the book arrived. And, you know, kind of the title caught my attention because, you know, I never heard of Christians really standing with Israel. Why do Christians stand with Israel? So I'm flipping through the book. It came from uh, David Brog, who at the time was the uh, director of Christians United for Israel, another amazing organization. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it had a story in there that... Um, when Theodore Herzl was yeah. founding Zionism, so he got a lot of opposition from the Jewish community. They didn't want to go back. And he said, well, he was also getting opposition from the Ottoman Empire. And they said, you know, the, the Arabs here don't want you. Why don't we give you attractive land in Uganda? Uganda. Right? <laughs> or Argentina. And so Herzl was a pragmatic person. He wasn't particularly, you know, Torah observing. So he brought it up to the Zionist Congress, and they voted on it. And it was it divided the Zionist Congress in half, actually. And uh, many people felt that it was a good idea to escape from the anti-Semitism. And a pastor in Chicago yes. named William Blackstone, right? Yes, sir. Fellowships, hometown. So a pastor in Chicago named William Blackstone, he heard about this because the Zionist Congress was in the news even in America, in Chicago, and he couldn't believe that after thousands of years that the Jewish people are finally going to go back to Israel, and now they're considering a detour to Africa. Mm. So he takes a Bible off of his shelf, and he starts underlining all the references wow. to Israel. He sends it to Herzl, <laughs> and it arrives to Herzl. And Herzl was so um, conflicted and by this division over the Uganda plan that it really broke his heart and he died. Mm, yes. When he died, he died with a Blackstone Bible by his bedside, yes. according yes. to David Brown's yes. book. So I was so moved by that. I started reading the Bible and looking for these passages about Israel. It started with Genesis, leave your father's house, the mm. land that I will show you, and go to, to Israel. And, and there I will make you a great nation. Oh, yes. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. And I said to my wife, honey, we got to go. This <laughs> is, you know, we, we, 
we are faithful to the Word of God. Yes. We take it seriously. We take it literally. We keep kosher. We keep Shabbat on mm. Saturdays. And if it says, to, God said to Abraham to leave your father's home and go to mm -hmm. Israel, we need mm -hmm. to consider that deeply. We need to pray on that. And it was a hard decision because we had this really special life in Columbus. My grandfather's community, oh, yeah. my family yeah. lived there. And, uh, but we decided to follow God and follow the Bible, and, uh, and we moved to Israel. As a result, uh, very simple, reading the Bible. So I, I recommend it, I highly recommend it to Jews, to Christians, to anybody, yes. the whole world. Everybody just needs to be spending more time reading the Bible. But reading the Hebrew Bible yes. from a Jewish perspective. Oh, everything. And uh, for The 365 Bible. Yeah, is the Israel Bible, um, the Israel Bible, is meant to help Christians connect with their faith and to strengthen their faith by having mm, a deeper yes, understanding completely. of the Jewish roots. We don't, it, nothing, what we call the Christian scriptures or the New Testament, it's, it's really hard to understand uh, what it truly, ultimately means unless we have been able to engage the roots of our faith, which is the Hebrew scriptures. And um, I can't thank you enough. I, when you mentioned Herzl, I think about so many of those extraordinary men and women who at such early ages uh, pour, literally poured their lives out, died at such a premature time. Uh, Javadinsky, so many of the others as well, who poured themselves for the cause, for, for Israel. And uh, I thank you for all you're doing for Jewish Christians. As a Christian, I want to thank you for the sacrifices you've made and continue to make. And thank you especially today for coming and sitting at this table and sharing with us. It really mattered and I thank you, sir. Well, what a treat to speak with you, Bishop. Thank, thank you. you. God bless you.